Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Building strategic intelligence. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. So good to have you with us as you tune in. If you're watching, thank you for being with us on YouTube. If you're listening, thank you for choosing that podcast app. While you're there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would definitely appreciate it. Our focus for these conversations is optimizing strategy for results. It is a new book that is just released by Dr. Timothy Waima, Ron Price, and Dr. Evans Baya. Three authors behind this with very unique and extensive backgrounds in strategy that have come together, collaborated on this book. And our focus is uh, in these conversations is taking each stage of the process because the book details seven stages of strategy and looks at strategy not from a one time we're going to go rent a conference hotel room with our executive team hire a consultant come in for 3 days and and figure out what our strategy is for the year or next year and then put it in a book and leave it on a shelf and come back to it the next time we meet in the hotel conference room. No, this is an ongoing process that we're talking about. And, and it boils down into these seven stages. The conversations are picking each stage off and talking through those stages. So gentlemen, today, building strategic intelligence, the topic of our conversation. And, and let's dive right into this because what I'm going to do is encourage our viewers and listeners to go back and pick up this series from the beginning so you understand the authorship of this, how this collaboration took place. You know who uh, Professor Tim, you know who Ron is, you know who Evans is uh, through this process, um, but we want to keep these very point on point, these conversations on point. So let's talk about this idea of strategic intelligence, Ron, lay the foundation for us and Professor Tim, what we're talking about specifically to strategic intelligence. So this is one of the things that we concluded was unique about the way we wanted to talk about strategy. Uh, and in that we decided to use emotional intelligence as a metaphor for how we develop strategic intelligence. So in the field of emotional intelligence, you have uh, first the intrapersonal awareness. In other words, I'm aware of my own emotions, and it's broken out, down into I'm self-aware. I know what I'm feeling. I have good self-regulation. I know how to control disruptive moods or emotions and redirect them. And I have a strong level of motivation, which is a desire to move forward based on some intrinsic value, mm. not just status or pay mm. or something like that. Mm. And then the second part of the emotional intelligence model is the interpersonal skills, mm. which are empathy or social awareness. So I'm understanding what's happening with others mm. and I'm evaluating it realistically and then social regulation, which means that I'm learning how to use our combined emotions mm -hmm. in a collaborative way that gets us a greater result. So we took that and said, how could we transfer that over into a new model of strategic intelligence? So we looked at the internal factors inside the organization and then the external factors. And for the internal factors, we were able to break it down into three components, just like emotional intelligence. 
instead of so instead of self-awareness, we said it's organizational awareness. And what we mean is how aware and realistic is the organization about its current status? Mm -hmm. Do we understand how much uh, we have a consistency of people knowing our purpose, our values, our vision, what we went through in stage one? Mm -hmm. But there are other components of that organizational awareness and how realistic are we? The second component was uh, organizational discipline. So sort of like self-regulation, but organizational regulation. And so that has to do with our systems and processes. And maybe we'll dig into that a little bit more. And then the third component that has to do with our internal awareness is what is our organizational energy like? So this parallels to motivation. So how much energy do we have in our culture? How much synchronicity is there between people's individual goals and sense of purpose and the organization's goals and sense of purpose? And everything that relates to the degree to which the organization can move forward without too much friction internally. So when we think about that, we think of those three components. When we look at the external factors, we first think about the marketplace insights, which are primarily about our customers. How well do we know our customers? How well do we understand why they work with us and what more they might be looking for from us? And, and then the second component of it is how well do we understand the competitive market that we're in and all of the factors of competition that could be stealing Mm -hmm. um, the energy between us and the value creation between us and our customers. And then the third area that we wanted to look at was the overall trends in the marketplace. What, what is the operating environment that we're operating in right now? So we end up with three components internally, three components externally that we're taking a look at and then how we can expand on those more. I think the unique uh, thing in our, in, our, in our second stage is the internal analysis. The external analysis has been done quite a lot in uh, strategy books and strategy writings. But the internal analysis, the emotional intelligence approach that we took is quite unique because uh, the, like the, the energy component really emphasizes the role of people, uh, which is critical. And this emotional intelligence uh, perspective that we took is not far-fetched because in organization theory, there is is we can look at an organization as a person. And that is where we are coming from. And we say, why don't we borrow uh, from emotional intelligence at a personal level and uh, put it at the organizational level? It gave us a very powerful way of analyzing uh, the organization. So as we, um, just to summarize, uh, we know ourselves, we know our customers, and we know the environment in which we, we operate. Is, is what we're looking to accomplish in this stage. So what are some of the tools that you're, you're using to accomplish that? When you go inside of an organization, you help an organization with that. Yeah, well, let's start with the internal side because there's a rich conversation both ways. On the internal side, what we're looking for is what it, whether it's organizational awareness or yeah. organizational discipline or organizational energy, what are our strengths right now? What are the things that we're doing well? The things that come easy for us? The things that we have a lot of joy around doing in each of those three categories? And then what are our limitations? And um, as we talked about in a previous segment, if we understand our purpose, our values, and our vision, 
then we can look at, through that lens of our foundations to see what are our strengths and our limitations in each of these areas. So as I mentioned earlier, when we think about our organizational awareness, how, how connected, how aware, how ubiquitous is our awareness of our purpose and our values and our vision? Is this something that everybody in the organization understands and relates to? Or is it something that only a few people, maybe at the top or maybe even just the board understands? I remember years ago watching, um, seeing, I don't think it was Doonesbury, I think it was um, one of these other cartoons. And I got a kick out of it because the first picture of the cartoon said, we have a dynamic strategic plan. It's going to change the world. <laughs> and the next one, the employee says, really, can I see it? And the third picture of the cartoon, the, the manager says, no, it's top secret. We don't share it with anybody. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this is actually the way some organizations function. Correct. Correct. And so the first thing is we're looking at what are our strengths and limitations and being aware of where we are today as an organization against this bigger picture, this vision and purpose and values. And then when we look at organizational discipline, now we're looking at what are the systems? What are the structures? What are the policies and procedures that exist? How well have we mapped out the processes of our organization? When somebody new comes in, do they have to learn everything from scratch? Or have we created the kind of structure that accelerates the learning process for them? So this can touch everything from the articulation of our, uh, of our values and our purpose, but it can also be how well have we defined roles? How well have we defined uh, departments or groups or teams? How well have we defined the processes? How strong and robust are our systems? I, one of the things, Dale, that in my years of experience I've recognized is that every system will begin mm. to break down if enough pressure is put on it. Mm. So how resilient are our systems and our processes? Mm. Because uh, I've experienced organizations where we grew so fast that our systems began to crash on us mm. because we had not prepared properly for that growth at a systems and structure level. So that's what we're looking at for there. And then, of course, on the energy side, another one of the terms that we talked about when we were writing the book came from a book by James Fisher called um, Navigating the Growth Curve. And he talked in that book about organizational voltage. Mm. And I love that concept of voltage. How much electricity do we have mm. amongst our people? So how deep can we go in understanding our strengths and our limitations in each of these areas when we compare it against our long-term vision. So I know, as usual, I've yes. dominated that conversation. Yes, class. yes, now I want to take over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on the external side. On the internal side, uh, what Ron has explained is that we're looking for the strengths uh, that can propel us forward and looking at the, uh, the weaknesses. We call them um, limitations uh, in our book. But on the external side, with the three other three layers, we are also looking what opportunities opportunities exist out there that we can take advantage of. But at the same time, what are the challenges that we need to overcome uh, in our journey to, to achieve our vision? And um, for example, on the, with, with, the, with the customers, we are looking at uh, who are our customers? What do they want from us? What will they need from us? Uh, in 100 years, in 10 years, in 20 years, uh, do we know what they will need from us? And do we have 
Are there any opportunities to serve those customers? We also go beyond the current customers to think about people who are not necessarily our customers, who could be our customers, yeah? And we have opportunities to serve other customers. Uh, are there challenges in the customers that we are serving now? Uh, and so on and so forth. Then the next layer is about competition. We look at our competition and we borrow quite a lot from Porter's model of five forces and look at uh, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities uh, along those five, five forces. And finally, the wider external environment where we look at trends, uh, political trends, economic trends, uh, and so on and so forth. And we are looking in that environment, we are looking at opportunities that we can seize. We are looking at challenges that we need to think through uh, as risks. I can imagine that some of the listeners are, are thinking, this is a much more holistic, in-depth, and um, comprehensive strength, limitation, opportunity, and threat or uh, slot analysis that's so typical within a traditional strategic planning um, conversation. So, Yeah, and re in reality, to do this well, you're opening up a folder, so to speak, for each of these categories, and you're continually adding to it. So you have people who are continually thinking about this and listening, watching what's happening internally and externally. And it's very uh, dynamic the way that we do this. There are a couple other areas that we look at externally that are contained in the three that Prof talked about. One of them is we take some time to think about, and this is really related to our relationship with our customers, we take some time to think about what is our reputation? What is our brand? Because that's actually either going to present opportunities mm -hmm. or challenges or a bit mm -hmm. of both. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want to leverage the way that people think about us already and the way it's defined in our brand. And other times we want to change or innovate what our reputation is, how people see us position in the marketplace or where we even play in the marketplace. So that's another area that we look at. And another one that we take a deep dive into in the book, which is really, I think it's a really exciting area to explore in strategy, is what is the nature of strategic partnerships? Mm -hmm. In today's world, it's not just about what you can do inside your office walls. It's about what kind of partnerships can you build with other people? And so we look at people who have similar interests, similar values, and also great competencies or a diversity of competencies so that by partnering with them, we could do something that's beyond the scope of our resources ourselves. So we take a deep dive in both of those in the context of these external factors as well. You can imagine, Dale, that we end up with some pretty long lists of strengths and limitations internally and opportunities and challenges externally. So at first, we want to build as big of a list in all those categories as possible, and we want as many people as possible involved in the conversations. And then we begin to think about which of these things that we've identified are critical for our survival. Which of these things are vital for our success? Which of these things have some limited, or maybe we don't even know the importance, and which of these things have um, mm. really no importance, they're just kind of nice to have? And as we begin to narrow down this list, we end up with a smaller list of strengths and limitations internally, opportunities and challenges externally that have come out of these six areas of study. 
And this is the way that we really do a great job in stage two of creating strategic intelligence that sets us up for the next stage where now we're going to do some creative thinking and think about what are our strategic options. So you're setting us up for that next conversation, but really quick, because we spend so much time in these conversations talking about having the power of having the right people in each of the stages. So you said get as many people involved in this process as possible, but what strength pattern should we be looking for in the person who's facilitating leading these conversations inside the organization? Yeah, we want somebody who's a continuous learner, somebody who Mm -hmm. has some good analytical skills. Mm -hmm. They're good problem-solving skills. Mm -hmm. We want people who do a great job of understanding and evaluating others because on the external side, it's really important that we capture the voice of the customer Mm -hmm. and the voice of our other stakeholders. And a lot of times executives think they know the voice of the customer, Mm -hmm. but unless you can repeat it in their words... You're not there yet. And you have to understand not only their words, but the substance behind their words and the level of intensity or interest that exists behind their words. So we need people who are great at interviewing folks, at capturing the essence of that. We need people who are great at the analytics of the inside. We need people who are very structured in their thinking in order to do well at this level. So our next stage is creative strategic thinking. And we're going to dive into that during the next conversation. The book is Optimizing Strategy for Results. And you can find more at optimizingstrategyforresults.com, the website, all one word. Also, uh, this is the Complete Leader Podcast. As you are out listening to this, wherever you are, if you would rate and review it, we'd appreciate it. Give it a thumbs up on YouTube if you are watching. We definitely appreciate that. And when we uh, come back to this conversation next week, we're going to be talking uh, about that third stage, creative strategic thinking. And until then, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org.